the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Got to kick off uh, the show, a uh, second hour, um, by once again letting you guys know, if you're just tuning into the show, that we've lost, I think, uh, MAGA and American conservatism has lost a really great patriot tonight. Just an incredible gal, super funny, uh, warm, witty, super smart, and that is Diamond from Diamond and Silk. And I've had them on my show many, many times and always enjoyed seeing them at CPAC and other events. Events and just they shot to the top of the heap when with their uh, electric personalities, their uh, catchphrases like "Don't get it twisted" and on the Trump train, "Ditch and switch" was one of their favorites, and and getting on the Trump train. And aside from their magic, magic in which they had with their personalities and their ability to captivate a crowd, um, they were also really smart and had a great way of articulating conservatism and why it was the best choice for Americans of all stripes. And so I don't know the details of what happened with Diamond, uh, but uh, prayers for her family. And it's just sad news tonight. She had so many years left young. I mean, I think, and, and oh, I forgot that they sent me their book. I actually read their book too. And we had much in common, actually, um, Diamond and Silk and I did. So uh, rest in peace, dear Diamond. We love you and uh, prayers for the family. Got to carry on, though, tonight, and I'm glad to have with us tonight Adam Angievsky from Open the Books. It's been a long time since he was on the show, and back when he was on, I think it was right before, I think it was Forbes got rid of his columns because he was pressing, he was trying to get to the truth about what was what the, what the books were in terms of money for fraud Fauci. I'm not sure if he got the answers there. He's got a great piece out right now that has to do with five recommendations for the new Congress, and he joins me now to discuss. It's Adam Angievsky. CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com. Hi, Adam. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Hey, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Okay. Before we get thanks, thanks again. I know you're running around and you are on so many different media outlets and you do a lot of interviews and I appreciate you taking a little break. It's probably late where you are East Coast. I'm wondering before we get into your five um, priorities for the new Congress, which I can't wait. I think it's perfect timing for you to be writing this, of course, with today's vote and all. Um, but can you give us an update? on the fraud Fauci investigation and money there? Yeah, it's a culture of secrecy, obviously, at the National Institutes of Health. And although I didn't survive 2022 as a columnist at Forbes, Fauci didn't survive 
as head of the National Institutes of Allergies and Infectious Diseases either. So he, <laughs> he, retired, he retired on December 31st. Look, I'm proud of our team, our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com. We found that Fauci was the most highly compensated federal employee. Uh, we uh, broadcast that uh, far and wide to get to the bottom of how that happened. We had to file four federal lawsuits with Judicial Watch as our legal partners. We proved that Fauci's net worth increased by $5 million during the pandemic. We proved how he profited during the pandemic between 2019 and 2021. We, uh, we were able to unearth his hour-by-hour calendar for the two months leading up to the disclosed pandemic and the three months afterwards. This was used in his deposition at least three times when the lawyers, the attorney generals from the state suing the federal government for uh, coercing uh, uh, social media, they had Fauci mm-hmm. in the hot seat on the deposition, and they used that calendar three times when he claimed he could not remember meetings. So that's just <laughs> some of the work. That's just some of the work. We uh, we also unearthed the third party royalties over at NIH, the three thousand pages in the last decade when NIH received on secret hidden royalty streams of one point three five billion dollars, and the scientists we now know because the NIH had to produce the record. Uh, in our federal lawsuit, 2,405 scientists at NIH received $350 million over the course of the last 12 years. So when you're seeing Rand Paul quizzing Fauci in the hot seat twice in Congress or in the House appropriations hearing, John Molinaire from Michigan quizzing the acting director of NIH, Lawrence Tabak, who admits every single one of those lines could be a potential conflict of interest. This is all of our research from our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what? They might have gotten rid of you at Forbes, but they hadn't gotten rid of y'all's work. And it's abs- absolutely amazing and masterful. Um, let's get into your um, your five recommendations for the new Congress. Um, what, what do you mean here with this bacon breakdown? What's the bacon breakdown? You had me at bacon because I'm a Southerner. What's the bacon breakdown? Well, look, we believe that transparency revolutionizes United States public policy and politics and to grease the skids in Washington, D.C., to pass these omnibus, massive, trillion-dollar spending bills, what, they've, what they do is they use earmarks, the currency of corruption in Congress. And that's the bacon and pork's back on the table because of Republicans. Under McCarthy, two years ago, he allowed a secret vote when Nancy Pelosi indicated she wanted to bring back earmarks after a 10-year ban. Mm. Our former honorary chairman, Dr. Tom Coburn, when he was in the Senate, he brokered a deal with Obama as president to put a ban on earmarks. This used to be a bipartisan idea. These things are so corrupt. It stayed in place for 10 years. And two years ago, 102 Republicans voted in a secret vote to join Pelosi to bring back earmarks. This year they held that secret vote. and It was up to 152 Republicans wow. voted to bring back earmarks. And they just put $16 billion worth of earmarks. 7,500 earmarks in the omnibus spending bill to get the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill passed. Crazy. Absolutely insane. What do you think about, before we get into some of the other five priorities, what do you think about what went down with the battle for the gavel and the rules package that the 20 uh, hashtag 20 patriots managed to uh, work out? Hey, they got some great concessions. So they just passed the rules package a couple of hours ago along party line votes. Every Republican voted for it, except for one. He crossed 
to Democrats and every Democrat voted against it. And here three things on the rules package that stands out to us. It's about, all about transparency of the legislative process. You're not going to get an omnibus spending bill anymore. You've got single subject rules that creates transparency on the legislation. You've got what we've advocated for the last three years at OpenTheBooks.com. We have tens of thousands of petition signatures on a read the bill petition, a 72-hour legislative timeout. So the people, the politicians themselves, before they vote, the press, so all of us, the pundits, know what's in a piece of legislation. That's in the Republican rules now, a 72-hour timeout to simply read the bill. And then spending caps, taking us back to 2022 spending levels. And then investigations, they're able to expand the subcommittee investigations to go to the culture of secrecy in Washington, D.C., to go after the power of government running roughshod over all of us and also the corrupt spending. So, look, it's investigations, it's spending caps, and it's legislative transparency. These were great rules that they just passed. We're talking to uh, Adam Angievsky from OpenTheBooks.com. Talk about talk here about uh, one of your number five priorities: investigate and limit the militarization of U.S. executive agencies. And here's where I hope they take these subcommittees to go after the size, scope, and power of the federal government that seems to be running with you know uh, unmitigated. So so. Our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com, we have, we have identified, uh, for example, since 2006, that the Internal Revenue Service spent $21.3 million on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment. The IRS, you know, when we put this in the Wall Street Journal, they wrote a board editorial questioning why your IRS auditor needs to carry a submachine gun. <laughs> the IRS owns 15 submachine guns. Wait, did, did own- you say submachine guns? Yeah. <laughs> isn't the the left the anti second amendment aren't they always saying no no american needs to have a military style grade weapon except the irs for you, Andrea, you, you can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so wow. The, the IRS owns, uh, let's just break it down. Let's break down their gun locker. They own, they have 5 million rounds of ammunition in stockpile. They've got 4,600 weapons. They've got, that breaks down into 539 shotguns, uh, you know, 629 long barrel rifles. And like I said, 15 submachine guns. This is crazy. I mean, they're more militarized than our military is. Our, our um, military academy, I've, in fact, my godson's in one of those. I mean, they're sitting around all day long, wow. unarmed, yammering about pronouns. It's the IRS now huh. that, the, that are the bad dudes. Well, and you look, we studied the entire federal complex outside of the Department of Defense. And here's what we found. There are now more federal officers with arrest and firearm authority at over 200,000. Then there are United States Marines at 186,000. Wow. That's crazy. That's a crazy number. And that's that's by do you think that's by design or is that just accident? I mean, why why do they why are they more armed than our own uh, Marines? Yeah, seriously. And that's why these subcommittees in the new Congress, they should investigate the ever-growing size, scope, and power of these rank-and-file alphabet soup federal agencies like the EPA, like Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. like, like the Social Security Administration, for crying out loud. All of them have armed agents. 
Yeah, why would the Social Security Administration have armed agents? You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I have to be. I have to be sitting here concerned with such a weaponized uh, U.S. government when the whole point of the Second Amendment was for us to be able to defend ourselves against an o- overreaching government. Um, but if our government's more armed to the teeth than we are with our military, um, it could get really ugly. Yeah, there's, we identified 103, like I said, uh, federal agencies outside of the Department of Defense. And 76 of them are rank-and-file traditional paper-pushing regulatory agencies. So the balance were, you know, underneath the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security. And those folks in, in traditional law enforcement agencies, they've got the best argument to carry. The rest of them, everything should be on the table, and this Congress should get to the bottom of it. Yeah, you're the only one talking about that that aspect here of what's going on with the government. I'm actually kind of shocked that there's 103 agencies outside of the, the normal like law enforcement folks who are armed. I mean, show me why somebody at the Social Security Administration has to be armed. I mean, what do they do? They I'm not even aware that they, they actually go out into the field to do anything. They're just in, inside somewhere where you got to go and wait five hours if you need to replace your card. What 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 do they need to be armed for? It's insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, for instance, Veterans Affairs, they've got 4,600 law enforcement officers. So up until 1996, VA medical centers, just like any other hospital in this country, they fell under local police presence. Starting in 1996, the VA started to institute their own police force. And and just since 2006, they've spent uh, $26 million on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment. In their gun locker, they have 11 million rounds of ammunition, and they, uh, you know, they arm their uh, law enforcement officers uh, with semi-automatic long guns, AR-15 style weapons, and other and other sophisticated weaponry. This is really frightening to me. My mother used to work for the VA, <laughs> and I grew up with military medicine, which wasn't any better than the VA. They can, they can't put an IV in well, and they're running around armed. That's really frightening to me, Adam <laughs> Andrzejewski. Seriously, and then you've got like Health and Human Services. You know, they're supposed to actually run the soft social safety net in this country, and they own thirteen hundred guns, including a shotgun, five submachine guns. 200 automatic firearms, and over the course of the last eight years, HHS has purchased 4 million rounds of ammunition. What's your What's your theory for why all these agencies are loading up on uh, weapons and ammo? So after grabbing legal power, you know, now they're, you know, go, you know, loading up on firepower and and that is the best explanation that I have for it. And look, our team at OpenTheBooks.com, since uh, 2016 at the Wall Street Journal, with our then honorary chairman, Dr. Tom Coburn, he passed two years ago. Mm-hmm. But we we have shined the white hot spotlight on this entire complex through our oversight reports. We've done two oversight reports. We even showed that during the Trump years that the federal complex of these agencies outside the Department of Defense continued to expand. 
Well, it's it's bad enough when government expands to the point to where it's just draining our pocketbooks and running up 30-something trillion dollars in debt. Um, but it's especially bad when it involves growing to the point to where NIH and NIAID and CDC and others are fattening their pocketbooks while killing Americans with poison and denying therapeutics. Now we've got them growing and expanding their uh, weaponry that they can use against us. There's no reason for any of these agencies, many of which my mother worked at, um, not that that has anything to do with it, but it just means that I'm familiar with these agencies and what goes on inside. And I can't for the life of me figure out there's no there's no benign explanation for why they are armed and increasingly armed um, when uh, there's just no benign explanation for it except to uh, have a way to seize complete control over our population. Tell everybody how they can um, support your organization and learn more. Come to openthebooks.com. When you do that, you'll get hit with a pop-up where you can key your email address. And if you do that, you go on our breaking news list, you know, whether it's quantifying the staggering cost of U.S. military gear left behind in Afghanistan or Dr. Fauci's top paid federal salary. We break all those stories and you'll be the first to know. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love all the work that you guys are doing. Just tremendous. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Now, y'all stay tuned. Um, Speaking of the shots, isn't it interesting? I think I mentioned the shots uh, uno momento ago. Isn't it interesting, Skins, that you found out that China is refusing to use mRNA vaccines? (laughs) Even China is saying no to these things. Stay tuned. we got more coming up. Don't you go away. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. So Biden decided two years into uh, his time uh, as the installed like toilet paper that he is in the Oval Office. Did you hear, Skins? He, took, he decided to finally take a run for the border and go down to visit the border, I guess, over the weekend. Yes, I also heard they cleaned up the optics. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like there were so many memes flying around. It was like it was like they were showing. Remember, did you ever see the pictures of Hunter Biden before he had his teeth fixed? No. I guess when you do a lot of meth or something, I guess it rots your teeth out. So they were like, here's El Paso and the and the illegal alien crisis over here. And it's Hunter Biden with his bad teeth. Here's El Paso when Biden comes to town and it's after Hunter Biden got all the new veneers in his teeth. Right. That's exactly what they did. I mean, it's like, who's buying that? Who's watching that movie? It's so phony. But then it gets even worse for him. <laughs> He uh, he's Joe Biden's caught on a hot mic. I don't know why. When he was down there supposedly visiting the border, um, that he decided to go talk to somebody from the Salvation Army and caught on hot mic. He says this skins. (laughs) I spent some time with a Secret Service in Poland and in Ukraine. What? He did what? The White House has not uh, given an explanation. They refuse to comment, actually, and, and let alone provide any explanation as to why he went up to a Salvation Army official in El Paso and started talking about how he spent time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what, what an hack he is and that we've got this Midland... Um, you know, cognitively uh, to call him cognitively challenged is to be flattering to him. 
I just think that as as funny as that is, it's absolutely despicable what this man is doing to our country with this invasion. And to put on some kind of theatrical enterprise like of sweeping the streets up and getting and isn't that so classic limousine liberal elitist? Not it's not just about the optics politically. It's also about you think that you think these lefties ever want to have to bump up against the result of their policies. They don't have to see it, right? Like Nancy Pelosi, she they probably take her when she, they bring her back to her big fat mansion after her husband's been running around for the night in his underwear with others, and they bring her back. I'm sure they make sure that the the streets are swept clean of people injecting themselves with hypodermics and it, it, relieving themselves in the streets because they never want to have to see it. They don't want to have to live under the weight of their own policies, and they never want to have to put eyes on it. It's somebody else's problem. Just like Mayor Eric Adams saying, you know, it's immoral from this. Colorado governor to send illegal aliens to New York. No, what's immoral is what's done to this country and what their policies are doing. And their policies are destroying everything. San Diego, we did not have as much homeless as we had here in San Diego for a long time because the weather is so amazing. If you're going to be homeless, of course, you're going to want to do it where it's 72 degrees year round, right? And, you know, um, we have occasional rain, but um, but now it's like it's everywhere. There are uh, apartment complexes that are in downtown San Diego um, that are actually putting clauses into their leases that say that you've looked around at the neighborhood, you've seen what's going on, so you're not going to get out of the lease just because you have to step through, you know, a, a hobo jungle outside your front door. Major problem. Uh, and a, the interesting thing, too, and, and of course, Biden you know, did this sham of a trip to the border. It's not going to, it's not going to change anything for him politically. The left doesn't care. The left does not care what's being done to this country. I didn't hear anything that he said in terms of policy today that does anything about the border. It's just, you know, some, some photo op that really accomplishes nothing. In fact, the only thing that Biden got out of it was humiliating himself on a hot mic moment. Um, Back to the shots. You know what? I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk a little bit about these shots as well as a reason why Dr. Malone is trending tonight on uh, Twitter. Who remembers Dr. Malone, right? I think he was banned from Twitter at some point. We've got that to talk about. Might talk a little bit about Brazil. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Reading a few comments here from my peeps on the Facebook Live. Uh, Sandra asked, did they defund the additional IRS agents today? It looks as though they did. Um, they passed a vote trying to bring up this. Um, this is the hill. It's taken too long. Um They did vote to rescind this, according to Fox News, House votes to rescind billions in funding to the IRS in first major uh, majority action with McCarthy as speaker. In fact, I think that's what um, our man Biggs was running out uh, to vote about when he cut the when he had the gall to cut me off. You just taking you to the to the House floor with him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you ever taken a tour of the Capitol? No, I went back. There. I love D.C. By the way, I love the center of of America and our government. It's it, it, if you ever have an opportunity, if you have not gone back there, I highly recommend it. I've been many, many, many times over the course of my life. 
And if your local representative will set you up with a tour. And so if you're going to go back there, you know, contact them, let them know that you're you're in town and you want to go take a tour of the Capitol, right? And so I was super excited to go and see that there was going to be a debate, right? Remember how we were talking last hour that we don't, what we witnessed here was actually with this whole speaker gavel thing was actually the first real debate we've seen. I was back in decades. I was actually back in D.C., uh, 2005, I think it was around that time. And I wanted to go see, you know, a debate on the floor. And so the little aide takes me to the house and I look down and the place is empty. And Barney Frank, who remembers Barney Frank, that crap weasel, excuse my language. He's down there by himself arguing. And the only, really, the only people watching was C-SPAN. There was no debate. It's like, that's not debate. That's just somebody coming and standing at the microphone and pushing propaganda points over C-SPAN. So I was like, so I said to the girl, I'm like, okay, you know, thanks for taking me on this 20 minute walk up here, but you've got about five seconds to get me out of here before I barf up over Barney Frank. Okay. It's time to skedaddle. Okay. But <laughs> it does look like um, they rescinded um, the $80 billion. Think about it. $80 billion to boost the IRS over a 10-year period, the funding would have gone towards the 87,000 IRS positions. Good so first step. This is a win for us. An absolute win. Especially, a lot of people were worried about that. Well, yeah, and not just because of what it meant with the Democrats pretending, you know, that uh, they've got, you know, the evil one percenters aren't paying their fair share. These 87,000 armed IRS agents, by the way, were not going after the one percenters. Okay, they were going after little mom, pop, small businesses, just like they're going after every Venmo transaction over $600. And when you think about the the fact that they were going to be armed, that's really frightening. Don't be yawning, man. You know how tired I am. Don't be yawning, Skins. I'm allowed. You are. You're allowed. Um, So that's great news. Some other comments from our peeps on Facebook Live talking about... um, uh, Frankie says, Joe can't comprehend anything, let alone talk. I'm loving his Joe Biden's hype, uh, uh, hot mic moments. Who doesn't love who doesn't love a POTUS that wanders around going up to complete strangers and like people working for Salvation Army and start talking about their time in Ukraine with the Secret Service? <laughs> isn't, isn't that the family member you avoid at Thanksgiving? <laughs> Actually, the Joe Bidens were the family members that ran away from me because I used to bust people's chops over politics when I was seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I did tell you guys I wanted to talk a little bit about the shots um, because there's another story. There was a basketball. Okay. Um, we had um, DeMar Hamlin who dropped a, a, a Young athlete who dropped last week in the NFL game. I think he's been returned home. So that's great news that he was released. Prayers answered for for that young man. Then a couple days later, we saw a young man on a basketball court suddenly drop down, 16, 17 years old. He didn't die, thank goodness. He sat out the re- He was able to stay and sit out the rest of the game. Clearly had an issue. And then we find out somewhere around a couple days after that, is the story of, did you hear about this? A 16-year-old, um, her name is 16, she was 16-year-old Ashari Hughes. She was playing a flag football game. Now, we know flag football means no contact, right? And, when the, and by the way, 
Because that's been the story about DeMar Hamlin. Oh, it's the contact he had in the hit, even though this has never happened in the NFL before, right? Um, the basketball player who a couple days later fell on the basketball court, no contact. No contact. Nobody around him. He just falls back. This 16-year-old girl was playing a flag football game, which is a no-contact type of football, uh, when she had a heart attack and died. Have you heard any national coverage about this story, Skins? Not really. No. Nobody mentioning it. 16 years old, dropped dead and died. Beautiful girl. Gosh. African-American. Just absolutely stunning. Just a beautiful. This is just so heartbreaking. But you're not allowed to ask. Now, people not allowed to talk about the shots. Now, people could demand. You couldn't. uh, uh, Poor people couldn't go into a McDonald's in New York City without getting the shot. But we've got young athletes literally dropping like flies everywhere. And you're not allowed to talk about the shots. Well, Malone was talking about the shots today. Dr. Malone. And here's what he said today in an interview that got him trending. He said if there's uh, uh, he said that if there was anybody that deserves the Nobel Peace Prize, it's Bobby Kennedy Jr. And, you know, Dr. Malone was credited for having created the mRNA technology for shots. And he says this today as of his thoughts on uh, shots today and quote vaccinations. He says, as a vaccinologist, I'm embarrassed now to learn with the actual data are about the efficacy of vaccines and what have and what has really caused the decline in infection uh, infectious disease in children in other words these shots haven't worked and bobby kennedy jr who has been writing about this and documenting about this he says a man who who created vaccine technology is basically saying these shots have not worked to decline infectious diseases in children very controversial, which is why. Not to mention in anybody else for that matter. Yeah. And yet they're still being pushed, still being shoved. It's, it, I, I will say, I mean, uh, Jonah Salk from Salk Institute here in San Diego was, was credited as having um, eradicated polio, measles. It seemed to me as though there was some... Uh, a- actual efficacy and that some of the shots had actually worked. But what, but I think what might have taken the place, and I'm not a vaccinologist, and we've tried to get Dr. Malone on. The problem with getting Dr. Malone on the show is that this is very late for him and he doesn't want to come on 6 to 8 p.m. and I don't come in and record. I like Dr. Malone. I think probably the only person I would come in and record for is Donald Trump. I think it's about it. Otherwise, my show is live, 6 to 8 p.m. You want to come on it, you come on 6 to 8 p.m. So, including you, Dr. Malone. So anyway, um, I, I wonder if what, you know, government always grows, right? Power grows. And those on the left and communists are always looking for ways to amass more power. And I think that there was, I think Jonas Salk did an amazing job with the polio vaccine. I think it worked. I think that the measles vaccine worked. He was never able to come up with an HIV vaccine that worked. Just because you're able to have success over here doesn't mean that every time somebody puts some, some, some chemicals together in a syringe, that it means it works. And I think that like like every other aspect of our government, our CDC, our infectious diseases, our NIH and all of it has grown. And it's all become about pharma. It's all become about money. And that's why they're now rushed to the mar- to market. They're um, put out there too quickly. They're hiding the truth about the data. They're hiding the truth about side effects. And it's all because it's it, because our FDs. Uh, um, 
FDA and all of our government agencies now are tied into the money that's behind it. And it's all about money. I think I gave a stat at one point that almost 80% of all drugs that have been approved by the FDA, 80% after they'd been approved are redlined. And that means they're flagged to tell you of the massive amount of side effects. Watch these commercials for these drugs. There was and a time... And an announcer man speaks way too fast because there's way too many side effects. It's like a two-minute commercial and a minute and a half of it is him going... Blah, 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 trying to list out the side effects. It's crazy. What happened to diet, exercise, and getting Still a good night's sleep? Still don't see that on the mainstream. Never. We've not seen one story. Fauci has not one time come out and said, the ma- which we all know to be true at this point... That the that when it came to COVID deaths, up until people started getting injected with poison, up until then, it was primarily over 65 and people with comorbidities. That's what it was. There was a report that I heard out today, and, and they did not come out and say, the issue is these comorbidities and age. Don't smoke. And the young people that were dying were vaping and because this was a cardiovascular, you know, situation as much, if not more than a lung situation. And no time did they come out and say, uh, comorbidities are a problem here. Don't smoke, get exercise, eat right, get sleep. But no, they're not doing that. They're continuing to push drugs on people. Two and a half years, they're still not doing it. Still not doing it. You had a clip that you wanted to play. This is, uh, I, I think this clip is very telling. All right, let's play clip two. To supply them in the States. Mm. Carl, you have a question? I did. Albert, I just wonder, I mean, the China stuff is interesting. Um, do you gauge their interest uh, greater in a vaccine or licensing a generic version of some vaccine or in more of the treatments like Paxlovid? You know, they haven't sold any interest, as far as I know, for mRNA Western vaccines, but I do think that they are trying to bring their own mRNA versions, but I can't talk about it because I don't have much information. Uh, they have shown interest in all available uh, oral treatments, and uh, of course Paxlovid is the one that has 90 plus market share in the world, so this is the one that and has a market share because of the profile, the medical profile of the product. They have shown, as regards us, a tremendous interest in Paxlovid, but we are still on discussions with them. Why do you think there's a difference in their approach to taking your oral antiviral pill but not wanting Western vaccines? I, I can't comment on that. It is their preference. Mm-hmm. Well, I- Very interesting that they're not interested in our technology here. What do you? What is your? What is your? Theory behind that because they didn't have any problem welding people inside their homes. I think they see the problem with it going on in the in the Western countries, and they want no part of it. Well, they're not exactly taking care of their people over there when it comes to this. They're one COVID. They're one. I don't. I think they would rather deal with lockdowns and quarantines than to just effective or not than to inject people with it with the vaccine that supposedly there's a lot of people that still have questions with it it's it's really interesting to me um it let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they want to stop people from getting covid maybe they know that this actually creates more people getting covid and dying gee could it be that interesting we're going to take a break we come back scotus has let us down again Yeah, this time, refusing to hear yet another 2020 election lawsuit. That story, when we return, don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, so the Supreme Court announced Monday it will not hear a 2020 election lawsuit against former Vice President Mike Pence, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, 291 House members and 94 senators. The lawsuit alleges the defendants violated their oaths of office by refusing to investigate evidence of fraud in 2020 election before accepting the electoral votes on Jan 6, 2021. Uh, this, according to justthenews.com, the court held a private conference on Friday to vote on whether or not to hear the case, releasing its decision Monday. Four of nine justices must vote to hear a case for it to move forward. And they denied it. The petition was denied. We will now make our, uh, the plaintiff was, uh, Brunson. And he said, we will now make our next move, a petition for reconsideration. Um, uh, they're just, the Supreme Court is just not going to hear it. They're just not, they're not going to hear anything related to this. So I think what, why we, do you think that is? Um, I need, I've been hearing about this Brunson case, and I I probably need to spend some time digging into it and maybe reaching out to uh, Raylan Brunson and bringing him on. This is the kind of thing when I read what this is about, and like I said, I've got to investigate it further. Um, There could be a legit issue on standing. I think the case that was really that SCOTUS really needed to hear. Um, was really the one back when when Texas and twenty something states joined in and said that Pennsylvania had um, uh, infringed upon their uh, I can't remember the the way they framed it I'm so tired right now um, but they their votes had been denied their votes had been suppressed because by Pennsylvania breaking election laws it denied. Um, the the rightful outcome from the other states. I got to look into this case. There's been a lot of people talking about this Brunson case. I think that I think that quite frankly, we've got a Supreme Court where you, we've got some squishy, you know, um, non MAGA people there. We've you know, even though Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and ACB were Trump appointees and Trump nominees. Um, I just think that I I think they don't. I think they're too afraid of the image of the court. I think it's too much of a hot button issue for them. And that's a disappointment to me. I think they're cowards. I mean, at least hear the case and deny it. Yeah, hear the case on the merits. What are you afraid of? What do you, why would you not hear it? I think it makes them look more foolish to not even hear it at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, I did want to get to this good news story here that we had of this young gal. Speaking of courage, there was a case of this young gal who filed a lawsuit where did I put this story? You actually found it for me, Skins. She was a Virginia Tech soccer player. She's going to get $100,000 in a settlement. She sued uh, her coach, who she accused of um, refusing to play her because she wouldn't kneel during some BLM social justice demonstration. She filed actually a federal lawsuit in 2021 against her former coach, Charles Chugger Adar, Adair, claiming that her First Amendment rights were violated. Uh, she ended up agreeing to dismiss the suit as part of the settlement. Um, good for her. Good for her for refusing on September 12th, 2020, uh, for refusing to uh, kneel at a halftime show. She said that the coach verbally attacked her for refusing to, to kneel uh, while a, quote, unity statement was read before the game. This is exactly what I was talking about at the top of the show. 
This expectation of unity has infested and infected every aspect of our society. The 20 patriots who decided, you know what, we're not going to vote for you, Speaker, until you put some rules back in place that move the ball forward for conservatism and for America, right? And it was, it was chaos. It was hysteria because they weren't uh, unified around what the uniparty wanted them to do. And this is a part of the bullying and the tyranny and the fascism going on in our country today. Good for her for standing up against it. She wasn't going to go along with a unity statement. She said that she quit the team two games later. She accused the coach of carrying out, quote, a campaign of abuse and retaliation. Isn't a campaign of abuse and retaliation everything that's been going on in our culture? Isn't that what wokeism is about? Campaigns of abuse and retaliation? Isn't that what our DOJ is about right now and our FBI? Campaigns of abuse and retaliation? This is what's been infecting our society in every aspect. She said that um, she also said she, quote, supports social justice and believes that Black Lives Matter, but does not support BLM, the organization. Boy, she's awful smart for a young college kid. She gets it. She gets what's going on. This is all this is she gets what she gets. She gets that what's happening here. She says she doesn't support Black Lives Matter, the organization, due to its, quote, tactics and core tenets of its mission statement, including defund the police. She needs to run for office. Girl, take your take your your hundred grand and put it towards a campaign. That's what I say. I'm glad you found this story because this is I'm just this and this energizes me. And gives me hope that we've got a lot of a lot of courageous. This is a story of um, somebody that at a young age is a critical thinker and somebody that also is is courageous. She was also willing to make a sacrifice. She was a soccer player who was like, you know what, I'll quit the team before I'll go along with being forced to take a knee for something I don't believe in. We need more of this. Yeah, you got to hold your ground, stand your conviction. Yeah, absolutely. She said she's pleased the case against me has been closed. She's looking forward to um, uh, moving forward, clear of any wrongdoing. Oh, no, that's a dare. Uh, That's what the coach had to say about it. You know what? I love you guys. Tomorrow is a new day. It's Taco Tuesday, and we're going to be back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. 844-814-5227 is our 24-hour hotline, and we want to hear from you. Got an idea, comment, anything you want to share with me? You call that number. Peace out. We'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.